welcome to the man to man podcast uh, we're doing an audio podcast today uh, as you know we do these podcasts to just kind of uh, show you that you know guys got to be having conversations when they have questions we got to be talking to each other we got to be sharing our hearts we got to be you know just being able to be open and vulnerable with one another so that we can walk together in this journey because by ourselves, it's going to be hard but when we do it together it's uh it's a whole other level and so i'm uh, i'm honored uh to be up here in mcgregor and um uh we got with some of the leaders here uh i just did a podcast with eric and uh but we're up here in mcgregor leading a basic event we have 61 guys here right now uh we're right in the middle of it so i mean guys are being changed right and left around us we're just watching it happen but but i'm really honored to be sitting here with olaf lee He's uh, an incredible guy. What I got to hear his story last year, wasn't it last year? Got to hear his story last year, and I thought mine was tough. Uh, he is, uh, for, for where he was and where he is today, it's, it's miraculous. Um, I actually get to spend uh, a little bit more time than normal with him, uh, uh, helping him with the project uh, at his work. And so it's been, I've, been, I've been blessed there also that he opened up the door for me to be helping with that. But anyways, uh, I'm just super stoked to kind of have him on today. And so, Olaf, Thank I just you. want to hand it over to you. And, you know, I don't know, man, share, you know, share a little bit of your story. Share, let everybody kind of know where you, where you were uh, back in the day, maybe. <laughs> so uh, it's hard to uh, pinpoint a place to start um, when it comes to uh, what God had planned versus what and how I reacted to what was going on around me in my life. I, uh, I grew up in a uh, Assembly of God background and uh, experienced what I would call a whole lot of spiritual abuse um, in that I never really got to understand uh, what a relationship with Christ was about, okay. but I certainly learned a lot about what behaviorally it was to be a christian and hmm. um i didn't do it so well uh I, I didn't behave um as a good christian would and i ran into a, a stumbling block really early on there was a, a holy spirit conference at the church i was attending at the time and part of the, the doctrinal aspect that whether it was implicitly told this way or it was how I interpreted it or how Satan was able to twist it in my mind, gotcha. uh, I came to believe that if I didn't speak in tongues, I wasn't a whole Christian. Hmm. And um, at age 12, it, it had kind of a um, se severe effect on my ability to understand where grace was involved, because if I didn't have that gift, I guess I wasn't a whole Christian. So how did you come to that conclusion again? Um, well, it was, it, was, it was a Sunday night, Holy Spirit conference, and they had all the kids down front, and we were all praying um, to get the gift of the Holy Spirit, and all the kids around me were speaking in tongues, and I, I didn't have that experience so i faked it gotcha. and i learned at a very early age that if you just fake it that's good enough you're accepted 
But the truth that I didn't experience anything, you can't run away from. Wow. And so I walked away feeling like um, that I was rejected. Wow. And that, that had a lot of impact on how I, my life proceeded from that point forward. And there was other things that occurred along the way. Um, but more of those were behavioral run-ins with different uh, pastors or leadership in the church and then um, had an experience uh, when I was about 18 years old where I was at the time, I had basically moved out of my house. I hadn't graduated high school yet. I had dropped out and I was, um, well, I was sleeping with my best friend's mom. And my parents came over and uh, with some pastors of theirs that felt led to, to, to cast some demons out of me. And that experience really kind of drove me to a sour point. Yeah. And, uh, and my, path, um, my path and the pain that I carried with all of that um, led me to alcoholism and uh, a lot of drug abuse. Uh, two failed marriages, and um, uh, really just kind of amplifying the pain to the people all around me. And um, you, know, you can fast forward. Obviously, there's a lot of details between 18 and 40, 48 years old. But at 48 years old, I found myself in 2020 at a Wild at Heart conference that uh, my girlfriend at the time had uh, paid for, and uh, I didn't know it, but my soon-to-be brother-in-law, Eric Swenson, <laughs> who had attended quite a few, uh, went along with me, and um, I walked in, and uh, I'll be honest, I was drunk. Uh, I got drunk before I went to the conference, because the last thing I needed was more people preaching at me. And uh, the experience I had at that, that conference um, was uh, nothing other than miraculous and uh, an encounter with God in a way that I had never known. And it all, all derived from um, the platform that these basics allow, which is for men to actually ask themselves the question, that needs to be asked regarding how they feel about themselves, what they look for in their own life, and where, where they can find the answer to those deep questions that we all struggle with. Um, and uh, it was transformational. Uh, it took, um, took till about the middle of the, the Saturday before. I popped, <laughs> but I, I, I popped in a pretty uh, massive way in that I, I recognized that uh, all the weight and all the pain that I was carrying, almost like a badge of honor, that tied me to the sin that I was so desperate to get free from. Wow, that's so good. Was the... Was the one thing Christ actually wanted most of mine. He wanted to free me from what it is I had had. 
to that. I could learn what it was to actually live a life of freedom. And, you know, the world tells us that there is uh, experiences to be had. There's, whether it be, you know, drugs, um, alcohol, uh, women, um, I, I, I experienced them all and there was never enough in the world to actually drown out any of the elements of pain. But in one minute, um, in, and it was an act of surrender because I had to let go of my burden. Christ wasn't going to take it from me. Yeah. So the, the, the release came when I gave him the right to take it because it, it had weighed me down for the last 30 years and I couldn't carry it anymore. And in fact, if I would have continued to drink the way I was, I probably wouldn't be here talking. But the beauty of what Christ does is uh, two days after the conference, um, on February 11th, 2020, is the last day that I ever drank and or have consumed any hallucinogenics um, and or taken any other types of drugs. And all of the desires I had had that had driven me for the better part of 30 years were gone. And that the, the, the only way you can walk away from functional alcoholism like that is purely a miracle. No withdrawals, no desires. In fact, it was almost like a clarity of mind came to be that what that was was purely an attempt to medicate the pain yeah. that I knew that wasn't mine and, um, and that somebody else had paid the price for. So I, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm, you know, the, in, the ir irony of it all is that that was the start of this journey. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> my, uh, my wife and I, I, cause I also struggled with, uh, uh, habitual lying, um, about the littlest things. It was the most parted aspect, um, that, you know, I, I had this, I still smoke. And I was hiding it, and I sucked at it because it's really, really hard to hide it from a non-smoker when you're smoking. Yes. And um, uh, she'd call me out on it, and I would feel this level of shame every time. And uh, thankfully, she, through Eric once again, knew of a great Christian counselor, and um, we started on a path of fairly intensive counseling um almost twice a week uh and by choice mind you this is all because what i recognized is a i had gotten a taste of what christ is like and the freedom i was experiencing and b it wasn't enough i needed more wow. and so um what started off as counseling to deal with some of the internal issues as to my habitually hiding and lying turned into marriage counseling. <laughs> and uh, um, I've been blessed with uh, the most wonderful woman on the planet uh, to be my wife. 
uh, and my best friend, which I never dreamed possible. So, you know, um, when you think about what restoration looks like and um, the reality of what it is to be a Christian, um, so many of the ways that I had thought were so wrong, and it was all based on a perception I had of Christians that was behaviorally based. Right. And the reality is, Christ isn't a behavior that we do. It's something that actually comes from inside when we let go of the things that bother us the most. And, and only through giving it to him can that be experienced. You know, I, I, I love and hate the beginning of your story. Uh, because I, I, you know, I obviously was being a pastor for many years, like I said, I've been involved in the church, and I think church is good, but I saw a bumper sticker one time that said, please, Lord, save me from your followers. <laughs> yep. And, you know, and that's true. I mean, there's, we have misrepresented Christ in a lot of ways, and, and, and it's just, it's, it's sad that that happens, but, you know, it does. And, you know, everyone's, we're all human. Yeah. We're all human. And, uh. But the, you know, the, and the other thing I love what you said is when you said that you had, Christ wasn't going to take it from you, you had to give it, you had to abandon it to him, you had to give it up to him. And mm -hmm. it's so cool because that just goes to show you the gentleman that he is. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, somebody knocking at the door can only come in if you let them in. The door has to be opened by the person on the inside. Um, Christ isn't. Uh, barging down our door, uh, you know, it, I I agree with your thought regarding the followers, but the reality of that is, so much of how faith is practiced is done through doctrine rather than one on one. Oh yeah, it's we we in a lot of ways um, we've lost the relational aspect of what faith can be. And, you know, it's, it's who we are in our state as we are, and being honest about what, what vexes us and actually causes us problems today with the people around us, both Christian and non-Christian. Yeah. Um, the, the, the funny aspect of following Christ is you find yourself becoming more and more transparent because you're less and less afraid and ashamed of your failures and that it, they, they don't become badges of honor. They become elements of weakness that make you human, but yet still safe. And the grace we give each other is so critical to whether or not others can see it because if we don't give it to ourselves and to other believers, um, the whole idea of denominations to me is kind of a ironicy in that a denomination is a division. Well, a house divided cannot stand. Right. So we label ourselves Catholic, Lutheran, Episcopalian, 
you know, covenant. And with it goes a doctrinal thesis that divides us into groups. And the reality of it is either you know Christ or you don't know Christ. I could care less how you practice. And, um, and the practice of being a Christian is something that I'm just learning. Even though I grew up in it and I knew it, it's more about not reacting and asking God how I should react. I have learned how my emotions lie to me all the time and how my first reaction in an emotional situation um, is probably the wrong one. And I have literally had to stop myself Yep. from speaking yep. and or acting and the the thing that saves me in those moments because I've experienced it firsthand and it's the reflecting that one thought how should I feel to God changes the outcome of those situations mm-hmm. instantly because it's no longer me reacting out of my humanity or out of anger or frustration or spite. It's, okay, I know I'm, I, I could rise, you know, I could match the level of emotion that's being thrown at me in this moment. Or, okay, God, what, how should I react? And in that second of pause, just reflecting with him has drastically altered the, the outcome and it's a, it's a it's an amazing experience and the more i do it the more hungrier i get the more hungrier i get the more i realize you know i don't i don't want to retrace the years because in all reality there isn't a person i could run into that probably hasn't experienced a level of pain that i'm familiar with so there isn't a a sin or wrong that I could ever cast judgment on another person for. And, but I can certainly understand the pain. And that leaves me in a condition of, maybe it's empathy, maybe it's certainly not sympathy. It's, it's more camaraderie, because to know what someone else's experience pain-wise, even though it was my own, I can mirror it in my own life and say, I know what that's like. And how can I offer him Christ's love in the situation? And that's, you know, well, it doesn't get any better than that. Right. And once again, you know, what you find in Proverbs multiple times is wisdom and understanding, knowledge and understanding. There's a lot of people that have a lot of wisdom and a lot of knowledge, but they don't have the understanding because they haven't been through the things that they can have the understanding for. And, you know, and, and that's what I really believe why when you have a life like yours uh, and mine and the things that we went through, that's why the Bible says, whatever the enemy meant for bad, God mm. will turn for mm. good. Mm. Why? Because we understand. If someone walks up to you and says, you know what, I've been hurt by the church, you can, you can, you can say, well, I got mm. some wisdom, but hey, want to hear my story? Yeah. You bring understanding to it, which is so key. And, and so that's what I, you know, as, as sad as it is that we have, we go through that kind of stuff. At the same time, it's incredibly joyful that now if someone's sitting across from me and I'm, I'm coaching or mentoring a guy, 
uh, there's like you say, there's if they're going they're going through some stuff, I can say, yeah, yeah I, I get know. you, I, I get you. Well, and in in hearing their story, and not trying to fix their story, but offering them an opportunity to actually turn it into a victory, yep. and that victory only comes in letting go of the pain associated with it. And, you know, that's, that's actually the element, I think, that, that um, these basics do the best of. And that is, they ask the right questions of men and give them an opportunity to actually reflect on their own without browbeating anyone into a decision. And in that moment of reflection, you get, you know, entire tristies of just information that they're so ready to unload because it's a reflection of what's being worn by them and carried by them and that God is seeking to have them give to him. And so it's a, I, you know, this is the fifth time that I've actually been a part of a, a Wild at Heart event. Um, this is the fourth time I've been a part of leading an event or participating in the leadership. And if you would ask me even five years ago where I thought it would be, I would have told you it would have been a far cry from here. Yeah. Um, because yeah. uh, I was on a fast track to a cirrhosis of the liver and probably suicide. So it's, yeah. it is, and I get, and I get to be talking to you. So that's a good thing. It's a, well, but by the grace of God, my mom, um, God bless her soul, uh, was a praying woman. And I watched that woman go through a lot with me. But one of the most amazing things about her is she kept learning throughout life. She never stopped. And so many times she would come up to me and say, you know, I know that you are going to receive back you all of the years that the locust had eaten. And it, it fell on deaf ears for the longest time because I had no return void. Yeah, but the reality of it is what I've, what I've been given in the form of freedom and, and to a certain degree a level of fearlessness when it comes to what is to come and whether or not it'll be okay. Um, well, you can't take it from me. And, um, you know, it, there really isn't anything this world could offer me that I wouldn't consider vinegar in comparison to the relationship I have with Christ. Because the, the best it has to offer, I have tasted it all. And it was utterly destroying me in the process. And that, that blindness to it, you couldn't have told me. I had to experience because I'm stubborn right. and stupid. Right. And, um, but it took uh, the willingness of Eric and my wife to see something more in me and to help me find the, the right questions to ask myself 
rather than uh, um, any form of browbeating. And that's, uh, you know, and at the end of the day, no man wants to be convinced of anything. I've, my grandfather had a, a saying, a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. Yeah. Well, and, I, uh, Pastor Drew from, from Substance used to say something. He'd say, if I can convince you into a relationship with Christ, somebody convince you to back out of it. It's not about being convinced, it's about the experience. And, and I love the fact that, you know, when you said that pause, that pause is something that I've learned over the last couple of years, too, is just that, that, that moment. And, you know, and I don't know if, you know, who's ever listening, but, you know, John Elders has got a pause app. And I'm telling you, that thing is amazing. It's, it, it, just, it, just, it just causes you to disconnect from the world and just pause. And those moments of reflection are, are just, they're, they're life-changing when it comes to how we respond to things in our life. If we can just pause and direct our thoughts towards God at that moment, he will give us the response that we're supposed to have. Um, you know, it's, it's just so key. Um, I got. I do have a question for you, though. Kind of back. Uh, what was it that you feel that you were? If you can think of one or two things, what was it that you feel before? You know, when when all this stuff was happening to you and all the things that you did, what were you searching for? What were you trying to find? Can you explain that for for guys that may be listening? I mean, you've done a lot of things. You've experienced a lot of things, but. You know, what we do know is that addiction and, and addiction, those kind of things, that's not your problem. It's a heart attitude. So what was, at that point in time, what were, you, what were you trying to search for? What were you trying to find by the way that you were living? <sighs> the best way I think I could describe what I was looking for was, was um, security. In that someone saw me for who I was. Wow. I had lived in an utter state of shame for so long that I didn't know myself. And what I wanted more than anything was to be known. So um, for someone to accept me even with my words, because there were a lot of them, and uh, they. Uh, they they defined me. Oh, excuse me. I allowed them to define me because I had no idea that I could be free of them. Because that's the, you know, all of my past is my past and I don't carry any of the shame of my past nor am I proud of it. Because I, I hurt a lot of people, including my own children. I mean, I experienced a hug from my daughter. Uh, actually, just this Wednesday um, was the funeral for my father. So, um, but my daughter and I had been estranged for probably the better part of almost five years. And um, to have her walk up behind me and give me a hug. Because she saw me for who I was today, and not that man that, that that just lost track of who she was and lived in his own pain and ignored her when I when she needed me the most. I abandoned my own daughter to my own addiction, and um, to have that sense of relief because she knows who God is and 
God got her through it, but she had no trust in me, and I don't blame her. I didn't trust myself. But, um, and uh, that, that relief in that moment, um, that's all God, because it's nothing I could have ever done. Because at my best, I, I would just cause more havoc. I, I often say there isn't a, a boat I didn't drive that I didn't crash, burn, or sink to the bottom of the lake every time I grabbed the wheel. So it was, um, hey, my, my history was littered with a lot of sunken ships. And um, uh, becoming the first mate actually is quite a relief because I no longer have to steer it. Um, it's a little, uh, it's free because, um, what comes next is not up to me in regards to, uh, how I am to respond in a given moment. I know how I'm meant to respond and it's from the same love Christ gave me is the basis and then the 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 external challenges tend to fade so it's uh i don't know his lack of um you know responsible to god and and actually following him has given me a what everything i thought christianity was with its rules and its behavior um was the antithesis of my behaviors until now when now none of those behaviors are a part of my life but yet all of what Christ is in me drives my behaviors and it's that it's it's been a it's been a process and it's still ongoing I mean it's but yet here I am by the grace of God well, you know, you do, you do, you know, yes, it's, it's, it's a lot of God, but you, there is something that you have to do. And that's, that's called being obedient. So you are participating in the outcome of God in your life because you're being obedient in the moments of pause. And so, you know, I, that's what I want to encourage you. Uh, you we, can, we, we, want it, we do believe it's all God at the same time. Our, how do we go show God we love him, the Bible says, is out of our... Obedience. obedience and so there is a participation that we got to do there is something that we have to step into and you my friend have been doing it <laughs> well you know it's, it's funny you use the phrase obedience and i wonder sometimes if that isn't um translated slightly differently in my head because um i i actually when i hear him speak internally it's more of a suggestion okay. and it's a choice okay and but it's never a choice that that has with it a punishment right so obedience and punishment to me go hand in hand well, of course they would, but, but, su <laughs> but, but suggestion and a an opportunity Right, and still choosing to do it. Yeah, it's yeah. it's more a matter of um, freely choosing to yeah. follow 100%. what it is, 
that it's not out of, there's no sense of obligation. Right. I, I don't, I feel honored more than anything right. to be a participant because right. I get to watch the outcome in, in a lot of ways, <laughs> not only internally, but externally. But um, the, 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 you, you brought up the pause app and thought just came to mind. I wonder if that's what made Daniel as successful because he, he didn't have just two pauses. He didn't do 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. He did three times a day he paused. No, it's, I mean, oh, seriously, I, I, it's just, I, I just when, when we think about that pursuit, yeah. and for me, I have, I have the pause app, and often I'm busy at 10 and 2, but when it comes up on my phone, it reflects me back, and I have to go through the process of ignoring the pause app, but I know what my heart says in that moment, yeah. and it's a second but it's still a connection to God is there. He is participating in my day and I'm acknowledging his governance, governance over my life because I wouldn't have the freedom if he didn't give it to me. I mean, that's the chains he broke um, were 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. My first mentor, uh, my first mentor, Roger, he used to, he is a successful businessman. And, uh, and uh, he also was, he was in the church at the time that I, when I first came to know Christ. And he would set his watch for, I think, I can't remember exactly what it was. I think it might have been 10 or 2, or it was every three hours or something like that. And every three hours that would go off. And he would, if he was on a very important phone call, he'd be like, I got to call you back. I would be, he'd be mentoring me, and that thing would go off, and he'd go, Mike, I need you to go upstairs and talk to my wife for 10 minutes. But he gave that 10 minutes to God. Every time that alarm went off, didn't matter what he was doing, he said, okay, I got to shut down. He would sit back sometimes. He would turn on worship music maybe, or he would just think, or he would pray. But he would totally put his reflection on God every time the dark thing went off. I learned from that. You know, I mean, those, those little moments are miraculous if you just give God the time, you know. Yes. So, one last question. Yes, sir. Why would you, or if there's a guy listening to this audio podcast and he's like, I don't know about these basics or these John Elders saying, what would you say to him and why would you want, why would you think he should be at one of these, whether it's becoming a king, a basic, what would you say to him? Um, my, my encouragement would be that if you had an opportunity to find a treasure map and you took that treasure map and you went out into a field and you found a gold mine that had um, more gold than you could ever withdraw from it and you brought that gold back to your life and would you hide it or would you call your friend and would you want to share with him the same map so that he could experience the same thing and the reality is there's this treasure that can be discovered and you have to choose to go get it and there's a map but it's entirely up to the individual but what kind of a friend would i be right 
if I didn't tell you about it. And in a lot of ways, that's the way I look at basic. Um, it, it's a garage full of Ferraris. <laughs> and every one of them has a key. Yeah. And you walk in, and as one of the people that gets to put these events on, we've got all the keys to all the Ferraris. And there's more than we could ever drive. And there's one that's already got my name on it. And there's one that's got your name on it. Um, and I'm happy to give you the key and you can go find the car and it's yours to drive as fast or slow as you want. But if I didn't hand you that key, you would never have the opportunity. Well, the only way you can get a key is to show up. And so, you know, you, you, you take a risk and go into the dealership because that's that's at the end of the day. This is this this place is kind of like a Ferrari dealership, um, but the key is free. That's right. And the cost of admission is uh, <laughs> having to drop your bags because Ferraris don't have trunks. <laughs> <laughs> there ain't no room to bring any garbage with you. There you go. <laughs> there you go. But um, the opportunity is there for anyone. I mean, it's. That's the beauty of it, um, and I mean, I, I'm 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 honored to do this. Uh, I still can't believe it. Actually, if, like I said, if you'd have known me a few years ago, uh, it would this is the last place you'd ever think you'd find me. Um, but uh, here I am, and that's that is testimony to um, the grace of God in every way, shape, or form. Because if He could. If if he can take away the pain of a broken man like me and make me feel whole enough to stand and talk about this the way I am with you here today, which this I've never done anything quite like this, is normally not this vocal, but um, it's a testimony to Mike, I have to tell you. Because uh, he has a good way of drawing out the character of people without ever imposing himself. Your quiet way is um, in and of itself a strength that enables men to be free, be who they are, uh, without judgment. And, um, and I'm just as honored to have you working with me, you know? <laughs> I actually was struggling with what to do before you walked through my door. And God gave you me to help me overcome challenges I have. So, um, to all you guys out there that do listen in on um, you do get an opportunity to sit with Mike. Uh, take advantage of it because uh, he's a wealth of wisdom. Okay. Um, that wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> but it's got, uh, well, um, uh, now I don't know what to say, but uh, thank you, sir. Uh, My pleasure. The honor is all mine. I get to call you a friend. Um, I get the opportunity to to lead this movement with you, to be a part of each other's life, to mm -hmm. sharpen each other. 
And I'm telling you right now, I am loving every minute of it. Same here. And so thank you so much, man, for doing this. Thank you for being on the podcast. For those of you out there, if you need to, if you if you're interested in the basic, you can go to wildatheart.com and there you can find the basic near you. Um, uh, also, we'll be doing uh, Man to Man is going to be doing a Becoming a King here April 13th through the 16th. You can go to man with the number two man and dot uh, org and uh, you can sign up for that. There's still openings out there for that. But uh, but if you know this is this is real um, and what you're hearing on these podcasts, especially from Olaf, is a man's life that the enemy was going to very tried very hard to destroy because he knew the plan that God had for him in this life. And so now we get to see what God does with him for the rest of his life, which I get to be a part of. Come on! That's exciting. So, Ola, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast, man. I love you, bro. Thank you. I appreciate it. Love you, too.